Hi, this is Tony Chiguardo, and while I am not today's moderator, I am officially welcoming you back to part two of our 1974 Year in Review episode with our very special guest, historian and author Mark Lewison. And we are back. And we are talk, still talking. Yes, we are still talking about 1974. We told you there was a lot to talk Show about. Show is almost as long as the year. <laughs> there was a lot in 74. It's a January last 21st. Big no. year. It's the last big year where all four Beatles are putting out material. There's a lot of things going on. There is a lot, and we've talked about most of them. But Almost. I lied when we said we were going to talk about Ringo and Paul because we, well, we are going to talk about them. But I want to bring up something that Rob reminded me of. The Dennis Elsis John Lennon interview, I believe it was, if I'm not mistaken, September 28th of 1974. Yeah. John Lennon goes on WNEW FM, New York, our home station, which we loved, and spoke really lovingly and affectionately. Affectionately, and he was humorous, all about, well, he was there to promote Walls and Bridges. Right. Uh, because they asked him. Dennis Elsa said, come down sometime. And he said, okay. And then he showed up. But the thing about the interview was it happened on a Saturday afternoon. Think about how if it was today, it would have been done primetime in the morning. But again, John probably wouldn't have been as relaxed as he was on a Saturday. It was, Maybe. It was a, an amazing interview. It's just one of John's best interviews. It's also a reminder of just how pathetic U.S. radio has gotten for the most part <laughs> since You're right. then. No, You're right. serious, You're right. though. When you you just couldn't do that, I you know, boss John Lennon's at the door. Oh, you know what? We've got a, a nine o'clock with this, and we got to right. we have to push way the, out of uh, format. The sofa bed we'll have to. Well, you know what Can you ask John to come back about six forty-two, and we'll give him six forty-two to six forty-eight? You'd have yeah. to go to the program director first to get permission. Yes, and he was on for how, how yes. many hours? About a, almost about. two hours. Yeah, which is. Amazing. Think about it. And even what's even funny, there's one point where there's something that's supposed to happen, some bit of business, and you hear Dennis try to just you know, and what we don't we don't need to do that. We can you know, we'll get because he knows you know, you've got absolution. You you got John Lennon on the show. Dennis, I don't care what the hell you do, you don't have to read news, you don't have to do just you got Lennon on the show, run with it. Yeah. It's couldn't do that in two thousand thirteen. It's also a lot of that interview's been used in different parts of Yes. Lennon NYC was used in the anthology. Sure. Well, it shows sure. everything good about John Lennon. Mm. Everything. That's a very, very good point. Th- now, there's nothing about, he was honest, he was funny, he was promoting. He w- there was nothing bad about John Lennon in that interview. Now, again, though, I'll make the jump, though, Mark. How or when did you first hear that? Oh, was... not until the 1980s when wow. cassettes were trading around. Right. Um, That's where I got it, too. It, later. it was just something that happened in New York. We didn't know about it. Yeah. Well, it replayed yeah. it raw, I think, December 9th after the day yes. after John died. In the UK, they played yeah. parts of it, I believe. Well, and NEW no? re-aired it. Yeah, I don't, think, I don't, I don't remember ever hearing any of it on UK radio, but cassettes started circulating. And yeah, it was probably from the December 9th. We had our own so. interviews with John. He was still talking to the BBC by phone, or he would, you know, they would set up a studio link or something like that. Mm. And so we had interviews with him, too, and he was always, actually, we always found John like that believe right. it or not um, but that is a, obviously a particularly good interview because he's so relaxed, relaxed. and Dennis Elsus takes it so well he's not obtrusive he doesn't impose his personality on it but, but part of it was because John Dennis yeah, said that he was nervous as hell <laughs> but, you, <laughs> but know, you can't tell because you can't he handles it yep. truly like a pro yeah. and yep. it's he lets really, John be John he lets John be John but he's still the radio jock and he guides him a little he bit. He gets the question in, and he, but he does it in mm. such a way that it's... But he almost doesn't want to ask it. He's one of the few people, as an interviewer, who's almost a, afraid know, to, to yeah, go there and ask sign. it. But it is a good it's sign. A good sign. Bar- but he also yeah. had He the, handles it with, with grace. Yeah. He, had he really the does, Dennis. fortunate thing to have just seen John recording Walls and Bridges. Yeah, he, that's right. how and he, then spoke with him. So he had a little bit of... Uh, comfort zone. Sure. Little. Sure. And then don't forget, I John think it was came, more of mixing. Yeah, but, but, right, but John came to him. Right. It right. wasn't like he, the DJ, went to John and said, hey, John, right, let me talk about Walter Bridge. Yeah. 
he well, came to be interviewed, so you knew he was comfortable right from the beginning. Well, they he he asked, showed up. asked May to ask John. Right, but and then but he, John showed up. Of course. He didn't know when John was going to show right. up, and John showed up. And so I you dig know the what? fact There's that a comfort. John showed up with a box of records. Yeah. That's, That's what's really the most zone. fun. Into a radio station. Well, think yes. about it. Our friend Pete Fornatel, God rest his soul, yep. yeah. what did he say about WNEW? He said, John listened to it, so they played more John stuff. That's right. <laughs> right. So, That's right. You know, because he he was a big listener of W. But again, the comfort zone of having someone come to you. That's like today. If Paul McCartney came to Fab Four Free for All and said, "I want to talk to you about stuff," we'd be okay. Uh, no, we'd be, we'd be comfortable. <laughs> but if we went to him, it would be on his terms. And I think then it's always it, on his terms. No, no, no. But I'm just bringing that up. <laughs> I'm just bringing that up as a, as an example. But John almost let Dennis have. The whole interview on Dennis's terms. Yes, he was very good. And, and whereas, if he went to interview John, the, uh, it would have been look. John was living at wherever, the time. or wherever John was doing. Right. It would have been in that environment and on John's terms. Yeah, and so he also was, did commercials too, which John loved doing. He, oh yeah, he, he was, was a great listener to the radio himself, wasn't he? he yes, had definitely. Yeah. So he really enjoyed the, the the format. Well, there was that great scene in Nowhere Boy where he's listening to the the, the radio. And you know how much enjoyment he got out of the radio. So, well, also the don't forget he also had the special, the John's jukebox. Um, oh, yeah. the, the uh, John Lennon jukebox yeah, that was John on Lennon PBS. Ju- and so he was a lover of music. I mean, yeah. you know, for, yeah. don't forget. There was also yeah. two other things. I'm sorry, uh, Craig. Okay. Um, no, no. Um, he also was on KHJ mm-hmm. in Los Angeles a couple of days earlier, where he was a top forty jock. And I just recently listened to that tape. And I he don't is, think I've heard that. He is. Quality. He's oh. filling in um, for. I forgot who the jock was, but he is flying high. He had no sleep the night before. Mm-hmm. And when I say flying high, I don't think I'm not right. talking about that. I no, think he's just, just. He had deviated septum. Yeah, he had deviated septum, and he is just. He is like a real top forty jock. In the sense, I that think you must have heard it. It's fantastic. He's he's taking calls from, from yeah. listeners at home, but very 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 yeah, fast. Very he's quick. doing the weather bulletins. He's reading Vaguely the news. Remember tower. It. I don't think I. He, I think I have he a is really on fire in that. It, it's he was absolutely good. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah. He's never never lost for the right word. He's really fast. And it's funny because you compare I that to the Dennis Elsus. Heard this. And, De- and on the Dennis Elsus show, he's very relaxed. He jokes about Bowie on Ladies yes. Night. Oh yeah, the, <laughs> Bowie can get in. Yeah. <laughs> the eight piece all go through ISIS or ISIS, depending on where you're from. And so he, you know, the KHJ show is 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 like the opposite. The only right. thing very, very that I remember cool. with him taking calls, which is very laid back, is the WFIL. Yeah, the, the right, that was in '75. Yeah, that's all I remember. So I'd, I'd love to hear that. That's, and and wow. then he did an interview with Tom Donahue for um, the Tom Don- the, yeah, the, the FM guy, the, the, right. Kaysen, 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 yeah. and that's very. More like the Dennis Elsus, but the Dennis cool. Elsus, he seemed more relaxed. There's no interview I've ever heard of John other than maybe the Rolling Stone where he was angry and we all knew it. Well, maybe you were right. He got out all the obscenities in that one yeah, interview. Right. And then he had <laughs> then he was done. <laughs> he was always a great interviewer. Yeah, he was. From start to finish. Even in the Beatle yeah. days, he the was. The Kenny Everett all, segments the or just everything, every the press wit. conference. Yeah. Every, yeah. yeah. He was. I mean, really, think about it. Other than maybe Ringo, and I don't mean this as a slight to Ringo, all the Beatles were very good with the press, especially given the circumstances. Well, even Actually, Ringo. I'd definitely say that Ringo's, some of Ringo's interviews oh, are just wonderful. The Mike Douglas? <laughs> yeah. Is oh, brilliant. That's true. And Elliot oh, Mintz, that Actually, was, the best one is the Elliot Mintz The Elliot Mintz. Oh, right. Now that you're bringing yeah. fantastic there. Yeah, you wow. were talking about Ringo on Mike Douglas or John Lennon on Mike Douglas. No, Ringo no, no, on Mike Douglas. Was, oh no, guess, I think the John. What Davidson. am I playing? Guess the camera when he's when he's <laughs> doing I think that the whole John David show when he's drunk. No, yeah, no. Says, what's your favorite? What's your least favorite color? And it's brown. And he's wearing a brown jacket. No, the the Mike Douglas <laughs> well, that was, is great. <laughs> was that was that was John Davidson? Right? Yes, there yeah. was a difference there though. Yeah. But John Davidson wasn't an interviewer. I mean, so <laughs> you're starting off with the wrong foot right there. I know that, but you know he was on the show. Then you expect you know a guy who's obviously intoxicated to get the right foot to the left? No. Anyway, John was always a really good interview, and I think the ones we've mentioned are really yeah. I know oh, this is totally off topic, but just the idea, talking about you John being topic? a good interview, but talking about having audio preservation, mm-hmm. I would love to have actually heard the audio of the date book interview. Not the yeah. date book, of the... Maureen uh, Cleave. I would love to have heard that in oral context. Yeah as opposed to, to always just seeing it, it in writing. Because 
it's the only time that John ever comes off not unlikable, but a little bit distant. But, but when you know the story, what he's talking about, you understand what he is talking about. In context, oh. he doesn't come off unlikable yeah. or well, distant. Well, he, yeah. he comes off as a little bit of, of like that kind of, you know... I think he comes off as actually very intelligent. He's but, extremely, but extremely we, intelligent. in America, just cut it but down no, to no, 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 nothing, nothing having to do with the religion thing, but no, talking to me like, well, I'm lazy and I sleep all day. Well, and, what, the, and What's and, wrong with that? I just think nothing it's a very conversational... Right. It's, it's it is. It's not it's so much an interview as, as a conversation. That's why I'd love to hear that because I can't. It was imagine never recorded. God, uh, Maureen was a shorthand journalist. She, wow. She wrote it in a notebook. So there's there is no recording. No. Wow. We should have heard it in, by now. In 1966, where cassettes were just really starting. That's true. So and yeah, in you 2013, when you, you still use them. Yeah. Hey, hey, they still work. <laughs> I still like cassettes. <laughs> no, well, wait, we do too, but we use Zooms. And, <laughs> it's yeah. got to be hey. a backup. <laughs> yeah, always have okay. a backup. You guys know that. <laughs> All right, Sorry. so now, right. shall we proceed with Ringo? Yeah, sure. No. Ringo. Okay, that's it. Thank you very much. Thank you. We're going to eat now. Thank you. Bye-bye. He had a couple of hits and released some more. No, but Ringo album was still in the charts, as we said in the beginning, and he did release Your 16 in February, big hit, and then again, Oh My Mind. Now, Oh My Mind was almost supplanted by I'm the Greatest, which John suggested to be a single, and they said no, which was odd. I don't, I don't know why they would have said no, considering they could have had the Beatle angle. I don't mean that again, but I uh. know My Mind didn't really have any Beatles on it. It was one of the few tracks that didn't on that album. But Oh My My is still a great song. Yeah. And it did very well here. I think it went to number five here in the States. Again, not knowing what it did in the UK. Nothing. Really, <laughs> which is amazing because uh. in the summer of 74, you couldn't get away from your 16 and Oh My yeah. My. I was 12 and I literally could not turn on the radio without hearing well you couldn't turn it on without hearing a solo Beatle yeah. but those two songs were so played yes I remember your 16 being played a lot more than Oh My Mind just for, oh. just for my listening but oh, Oh My Mind was just and what was great is it kept going it was it always seemed a little too long to me the song anyway but it was fine because it was just a toe tapper that you could just keep singing yeah so it was, here in the States it was huge yes and I guess it, it, you know again to your point earlier it, it wasn't there but Ringo had the Ringo album, which was really big here, and then Goodnight Vienna, which, if I'm not mistaken, is slang for let's get out of here or something, let's go away. Or it's it's an old English expression. It means basically uh, I'm getting out of here. Okay. It, you can use it in various contexts. Never understood what that meant. I didn't either. You know, like, like, you just see the cover of the album with you know the day the earth stood still, and then you yeah, exactly and. That was weird, too. Mm-hmm. The album was fine. I thought the album was actually very good. Yeah. But it, I think it tried to be too much like Ringo Number 2, and uh, it just didn't work as well. I, I don't know. I think that's that's a, a perception that we would have as the listener, that the fact is that Ringo is... These are the people he's hanging out with, yeah, and true. these are the people he wants to work with and who want to work with him. So it's just... It ends up being something like the first one because yeah. he's still in that in groove. That but of course, the critics would say, well, he's trying to do another one of those. And I, I don't think it was quite like that in his mind. And it didn't come off the same vibe as, the, as Ringo. It didn't. It wasn't quite as upbeat. No, it wasn't. But his own life wasn't as upbeat. You, oh, I mean, true. he was also going through a marital breakup in 73, yeah. 4, right. wasn't he? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't quite know exactly when that, it, precisely uh, right. when that occurred. But I know by 74, he was getting together with Nancy. So obviously, it was right. over with Maureen. Yeah. Uh, and I think there's more of a, a drink edge to Goodnight. Vienna. That's um, true too. If it sounds yeah. like it to me, there, there, there's the no-no song on well, there, yeah. and it's quite right. clear that he was saying yes, yes, quite yeah. a lot. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> and the people he was working with, Harry, yeah. for example. Well, and Hoyt Axton, Eve too had, you know, oh, had, yeah. had, had yeah. some issues. But mm. again, Nielsen, right? I mean, but it, it was it was still a good album. I like it very much. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's my, my favorite track on the album is the lead-off single, "Only You," and you oh, know, chosen chosen by John, in which. He would take that strum and, and use it for Stand By Me. Um, That's right. You know, That's it's right. basically the same strum. And John would actually uh, Do the vocal. record a guide, yeah. the guide vocal demo. Was, for was, it. Yeah, was really good, too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I yeah, mean, a good song is a good song. And I think Ringo's, or whoever's interpretation of it, Ringo's recording of it only added to the beauty of what the original song was. Yeah. 
you know, and well, then the original song true. was uh, much more was very R and B. This was much yeah, right. more. This folk. was more. It's, this a, it's, was, it's a new arrangement. Yeah, yeah it's totally a new arrangement. It, but it's very so, reverential. I mean, yeah. it's quite clear they love this song. Yeah. Yeah. And I love the fact that John yeah. wanted him to do it. Yeah. The, the fact that he was thinking, as, as they always did, this is good for Ringo. Isn't yeah. it cool that there, was, there always seemed to be that overarching feeling with those guys, whether it was a song they'd written themselves, mm. whether it was an oldie. I'm curious who picked your 16. Well, I don't him. know. Who knows? Maybe whether Richard or not Perry it was, you know, possibly. But, but anyway, it's but, still. But think about it again, so you know, in their own way, even though they had here's one for Ringo and then they were, John was sending him telegrams so write one for me right, <laughs> right. congratulations right. so they were I, all happy I, for him I mean everybody in the beginning everybody thought Ringo would be the one that wouldn't make it but I mean I know I mentioned it in the Ringo episode that we just did recently but I don't know I don't listen to isn't it, it funny that th- so many of these songs that would get passed to Ringo or the Ringo were, mm. were singers songs Right. Yeah, you know, there were songs that you and had he strong. Wasn't. I mean, the Platters and Johnny, Johnny Burnett. Burnett. Johnny Burnett. Yeah. You know, these were like strong vocal mm. songs, but we'll give it to Ringo. And sure enough, he well, they hit it out of the park. Uh, well, especially with Only You, the, the arrangement fit his voice a lot. Totally. totally. Well, it was yeah. a definitely a lower key. Yeah. And he yeah. could do it. And it, it was singing really and talking. Yes. Yeah. But it pulls it off beautifully. Absolutely. And don't forget, Ringo was not that bad a singer. I mean, no, really, if you think no. about it, he's not they really, horrible. No, his, well, his range is more limited than the yes, others. Yes, but he's not a bad singer. But he could singer. certainly carry a song. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, so, and, you know, and, and thank God he asked John for the vocal. It's funny because he seemed to need someone to sing first, and then he can sing to it. Well, he did it with On the Grid. With On right. the Grid. And, and he did it with uh, It Don't Come it Easy. Don't come as as, we'll get as into that fans, collectors, later. it's... Mm-hmm. It's nice to hear the John right. version too. That's right. You know, it is nice. So Ringo had a Ringo was having a good year in terms of music. Yeah. Put it that way, because even though Good Night Vienna didn't do as well as Ringo, it still charted well. Later years, he didn't have that luxury, right? Unfortunately, and well, later years he tried the old formula of Ringo again, and it still didn't work chart-wise. I think the things had changed by then. It wasn't. You're absolutely right. It wasn't just the music being good or bad. It was the way radio treats musicians and the Beatles has also changed. Well, but it's kind of fun that none of the four of them ever really did get too wrapped up in the trends. Could you have seen, I mean, Ringo did a country album, he did a ballism. Could you have seen that, that was, Ringo's... That was a trend. That wasn't no, a trend. No, 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 but I'm just saying, the, the musical stuff. anybody did a trend, it was Paul. No, we're, right, but where I'm going is, it, isn't it cool, you know, Ringo never tried to do a punk album? Well, you know, well, or that, Lord, I mean, no. you know, that God been knows, Eric could you have imagined... Neil Innes' yes, favorite thing to yeah, parody. Yeah, exactly. You Come know, on. The, the, right, you know. I mean, can you imagine Neil Innes could do that with Barry Wong? Yeah, White going, Dope's you know, on punk or whatever. Exactly. Come on. <laughs> no, but but you know what? We're really wrong there, and people are going to take us to task. What? Back to the egg. No, well, no, no. Ringo, Ringo himself. Oh, Ringo. oh, you're Ringo the Fourth. Thank you. That was disco. <laughs> oh yeah. Come on. Right. But wasn't that because of Arif right. Martin? Yes. Or have you pronounced? Yes. It? Yeah. Arif Martin. Yeah. Whatever. That's it, true. Yes. Ringo yes. the Fourth, our favorite. If I our favorite. I think all that's three right. of us together gave it a ten. Gave it a ten. Yes. Three, yeah, three, and a four. Yeah. When yeah. we rated Tony it, Tony gave it a four. Of all things. Yeah. Tony gives it more than us. He was angry as hell on that whole show. But I give it a four. But so we're wrong. I mean, he did go to a trend there, and Paul. Pretty much with Good Night Tonight. No, I, yeah, yeah, but Good Night Tonight was but a funky Good Night track, Tonight though. It was called Disco Here. It wasn't called, it wasn't disco. called Disco I know, it actually else. had the word Disco Single here. Well, yeah, on the Columbia, they make sure Disco. Yeah. Well, you could say Double Fantasy if you call it Disco Single. You know? Yeah, right. People said but Double Fantasy was Disco. But right? a, a punk edge. A new wave edge a yeah, little bit. Yeah, new wave, but we're not in Chris 79 right now, you know. <laughs> I know, but I'm just, just saying. You were just five calling. years. Chris Thomas was the producer. He's working Let's with talk about where Paul was in 1974. Go back to 1974, Mr. Where Axelrod. Where was Paul at, in 1974? He was in Nashville. Well, Band on the Run was still Well, Band on the Run was just about to really explode because it didn't really do well at first when it came here. Helen Wheels was a single. It wasn't on the album. And then it was okay. Well, it depends on what part of the world you're in. Well, you know what? Correct me if I'm wrong, but here in America, it exploded. Was it Jet that was the really big single, or was it Band on the Run itself, the single? I, I don't I remember. I have a feeling it was Jet. For I, think I think Jet was, was in time. March of 74. It, yeah. I think that, Jet was what Because when it came it out, it got a lukewarm reception. And then momentum started to build. I mean, I think all over the world, quite honestly, yeah. for Band on the Run. It was that good an album. It was a good album. The overwhelming feeling in England was a sense of relief. 
Oh, really? That, that he had made an album that people felt, you know, he was well capable of and hadn't yet made since Savvy Road. McCartney was a disappointment, a huge disappointment. Sure. Ram accentuated that in the eyes of, in the ears of, of the British public. Right. Wildlife was nothing. Red Rose Speedway was disappointing. It had my love on it. So when Band on the Run came out, there was a strong sense of, phew, you know, <laughs> this is the album that we always thought he could make. Right. And, and, and people grabbed it almost more than it actually merited, but there was just this sense of relief that uh, here was an album that we could actually enjoy. I think it's Sinker a really good point what you just said, almost more than it merited, because I think in the States we did sort of the same thing. I mean, Wildlife mm. didn't do anything here, we, and people still have heavy disdain for that album, even though it has some good stuff. I mean, if you look back... I remember but, years later as a collector going back into a record store when I was, you know, I had now become a huge Beatle fan, and I was buying all the releases as they happened, and I remembered going into a record store and finding Wildlife and thinking, what the hell is this? Is this a compilation? And I had been very well aware of the Beatles at that time, but Wildlife just went right over it went the over radar. everybody's head. Yeah. In, and in, and honestly, know. we look back at Ram with a lot of fondness now. But back then, we didn't, to be honest. It's interesting how that album has become the standard of what a McCartney album should be. You know, acoustic, rock, pop. And even mm. Red Rose Speedway... I, I like it, but in hindsight. Side one, please. Yes, but but Big Red Rose Speedway back great. then was considered nothing. Oh, well, my so, love, my love was right, the big as hit. Mark said. But I think you're right. Even I think all over the world, people were sighing, a sigh of relief, saying, "Oh, thank goodness!" But even today, I don't think it's his finest work. Mm. I don't. No. But it's always mentioned as his masterpiece. From that point on, it was always he's done band on the run, and we're waiting for the next band on the run, and then because. The, the perception was that Venus and Mars wasn't as good as and right. Right. Speed of Sound wasn't as good as Venus and Mars and London Town wasn't as good as Speed of Sound <laughs> and Back to the Egg wasn't as good as London <laughs> Town <laughs> and McCartney 2 wasn't as good as Back to the but, Egg. Everyone's still going, when's he going to make another band on the run? And so Band on the Run was elevated in this way. It was the, if That's you plot it point. on a graph, it's definitely the peak moment, but it's not necessarily the a, best quite a, an Everest moment. Right. It's just the peak. Right. Well, but also peak a lot of, among, among others. A lot of bad rock writers will say, oh, it, you know, best album since Band on the Run. Yes, you know, that's true. It's a, it's a quick line to, a, yes. Well, it is yeah, one, to one liner to, right. to yeah. grab. Right. And I know you don't like it, but I love Tug of War. I, I think it's a great album. Right. Yeah, Tug of War was definitely. A, I think it's better than Band uh, on the Run to me. Yeah, yeah. Except I, for I, Ebony I, and Ivory, didn't belong there. Well, right, but but you know what? <laughs> you know, In America, big deal. That was. But it was a huge hit. So what right. are you going to say? Mm. It, well, you could say a lot about huge hits <laughs> in America. I mean, people in America, we didn't. But certainly yeah. the, oh, way, sorry, the, the way I just plotted it, that was definitely the pattern in Britain. And I, and again, I remember quite vividly trying to convince people and say, you know, McCartney's done a new album. It's called London Town. And I, I was into it for a while. And, I actually and, like it a lot. Yeah, and, but, but people just did not want to know. And I don't it was only well. selling to the McCartney people. The difference was that Band on the Run sold to a general Right. I would go to people's houses and they would only have one McCartney album post Beatles and it would only ever be Band on the Run. That's odd. After that, it was only the diehards who were buying the stuff again. Well, think about what, and I know we're jumping, but I want, I want to just, since you brought it up, it's a great point. Think about what the singles were when he put out those subsequent albums. Yeah. All right. You got Silly Love Songs, With a Little Luck, not exactly rock, you know, mm. pop. Mm. And, and Band on the Run, you know, Jet is definitely rock. Band Helen on the Run Wheels. is rock. Helen from the Wheels US. is rock, from the, the US, US point of view, yeah. So uh, I think the singles led people's perceptions as well. Oh, well, that's pure fluff from McCartney. I don't want to hear that. Yeah, that's yeah. a very good point. That's one of the few, if you think about Band on the Run, one of the few albums where every single is a rocker. Is a, is a rocker. rocker. It's not, you know? he didn't put Bluebird yeah. out as a single. No. That would At least good here. Right. Yeah. I mean, may, I know he did in the rest of, some of the rest of the world. And then we jump, we'll go to 74, and then he's still keeping up the rock and roll model. Because Junior's what's Farm. the next single he pulls out is Junior's Farm. Right. You and know, Junior's which, Farm is a rocker. Which straight didn't, ahead. Didn't do much here, though. Or in Britain. But really? Mm. Why? I it just, did well in Jeff Britain. <laughs> I, I seem to re just remember so much airplay on that track. I don't. I do. I, I, I really I, don't. I don't. I know that it didn't sell, but I just feel like in New York I, I it just it, got I, hit. I agree with you. I remember I thought it got hearing hit that on, very hard on here WABC in, in the New York I area. I don't remember that one really, so. and I was I was old enough to really I was listening to radio, and it, I don't remember I, it a I, lot at all. To me, it's just a perfect Paul. McC I'm so glad he's playing it on tour again. 
You yeah. Know, yeah. You know, it's just like, you know, thank you. You know. And well, it, yeah, but it sounds a little different. But the. Um, bit, but you know. But then we also get the one hand clapping whole film, which is nice. Yeah. It's nice to see, and uh, the only problem is that it's you know he released it in 2012. And didn't clean it up, and, I, and we were so mad at him for that. You know, like we wanted to, Paul. Clean how it up. You, it's like, oh, it's the wrong master. Well, I, well, if he doesn't have the master, then something's wrong there. But you get that whole film when we get a lot of the un, unreleased stuff, you know, like Suicide in, in there, sure, and, which was fun. You get Soily in there, which you find later on. You no, find out is Let's Love in the in that film? Let's Love. No, I don't believe Let's no. Love is in there. No. The, you mean the Peggy? No. Lee? The, the song for Peggy Lee. Yeah. I don't, I'm not sure it is. I'm trying to recall because it's part of that whole suicide baby face. Let's love. Mm. Why do I no, think I've heard it on audio? No, mm. I think we have it on audio, but I don't recall it, ever seeing it, it on video. Okay. Oh, cool. Then it is. It is. Yes, it's part of this. Point. But is it in right. the movie though? I haven't yeah. seen the movie. It's it's out now, right? It, yeah, it, it is it, out. Well, parts did it come of it out. out. Parts of it are out. He puts parts right. on the deluxe of this, parts on the deluxe of this. Oh, I see. So you have right, to get right. all the. You have to spend hundred dollars okay. each time, U.S. just to get this part of one hand clapping and this part of seventy nine. Any any right. thoughts? Speaking of, I mean, we have Mark here. To, any thoughts or feelings on why some of the we want to do an episode on the Finish aborted your sorry on the aborted <laughs> Beetle projects. You know. Okay. Just the things that never, that always were planned, never happened. Whether it's the Bruce McMouse show, the you know, mm-hmm. why did something like one hand clapping? Was it because Jeff Britton was out of the band? Was it that simple? Oh, I really don't know. Or I mean, I any thoughts on why? Did you ever I hear the? I've always thought Paul just changes his mind. You know? I, I, mean, I don't think he's that. The, Im- the Bruce McMouse show was never. F- you call these Beatle projects, of course. Solo, solo, yeah, solo yeah. projects. Um, the Bruce McMouse show. I don't know that that was ever finished. finished. There's some Cells film animation of yeah. the, the mice under the stage, but right. I don't think it was ever done. Right. Finished. Right. One hand clapping. I mean, they filmed the, the sessions. Right. They're at Abbey Road. They're rehearsing for. I'm not quite sure for what. That actually. we never can figure that yeah. out. Actually. So, but 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 the. Maybe it just was one of those things that they just filmed it and just put it on the side and said, "Let's it, not." And just but is there a did. chance that maybe they, with Wings Over the World, they in, in America they put that out, you know, late night TV, eleven thirty at night on Channel mm. Two here, yeah. CBS. Is there a chance that when Venus and Mars came out, mm. maybe they could have put that out? To promote Possibly. Venus and Mars, they should have. But then again, yeah. the band had changed. So. The band had changed. Yeah, and, and yeah, that's the that's, only thing that I, I'm I think thinking. That's did part he? Of it. Did he scrap it just because? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, Jeff Britton's out. Yeah. So I, I th- it's I silly for it. me to put this film out. It just seemed well, like the such thing a thing about Rock Show comes out 1980. It's about the '76 tour. Yeah. And he already right. had other band members right. in Wings. So right. there sure, goes your point. Ha ha. But at the same time, if he also sort of knew that you know Wings was over by that time, so right. That mm. could have been part of it too. Yeah, and he filmed it, and yeah, that was a big expense. So, but one hand clapping mm. is significant because we do see Jimmy McCulloch, right, who becomes a permanent member of Wings and a very vital member of Wings. Uh, unfortunately, he didn't stay in Wings. Uh, I, I think if he had, I think maybe Wings would have gone in a different direction. But that's my own speculation. But he short-lived. But what a great career as a member of Wings. He was a great player. Yeah, um, and contributed. A lot to the band. Yeah. Yep. Um, I know mostly about his addictions, but you know the song "Medicine Jar" and "Why No Junko." Thank you. Why No Junko? I was trying to remember. Right. Um, well, he was writing about something he knew. Well, yeah. and that's what <laughs> writers do. Yeah. And it happened. Write actually, about things you actually, love. Actually, I believe say. one of them was co-written. I, Colin I'm, Allen was. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I think on both yeah. was it both of them or were one of them. I'm not sure. Well, yeah. Well, you could tell and when he, left he was hanging wing, out with. When he right. left Wings, he released a, a, a single, didn't he, on EMI by Jimmy McCulloch and The White Line. He did? Really? Well, See, I, I didn't know, know that. that. Didn't and know The White that. Line was a bit of a giveaway as well. well yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And then he, a dead Good giveaway, Lord. and then he was just oh, dead. Oh. No, stop it. Stop. I think he he's so sober in rock show from 76, and I think that was one of the things that Paul said, look, if you're on stage, you're going to be sober. Yeah. But... Wow, what a player. I yeah. think he adds so much to every song. Yeah, I thought so. Uh, did a blinder for Henry McCulloch's My Love. My Love, yeah. I mean, it really was good. I, and, and this is the start of his career in 1974. And that's also on the McGear, as we said earlier. So what else did Paul do? He, well, he did the McGear album, which... Yes, we said. Which is, he produces his brother. Mm-hmm. And it's 
a very, very good album. Yes, but also. unfortunately, uh, did nothing. No. But I don't think he was expected to do nothing. Right. It was, it was Mike's. And Mike, well, also don't forget, Mike didn't want to cash in on the Beatlemania either. Right. He, 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 didn't he go changed back, his name. Yeah, he didn't go to no. change it to Mike McCartney. He didn't have, and here's our single with Paul on it. You know, right. I, think well, he'd have, gonna, I think he'd have liked it to be a huge album, though. I mean, really? it was, he, oh, yeah. Definitely. Oh, yes. And why do it? He came not? to the well, States to promote it, didn't he? For he was on Warner Brothers by then. Yeah. And Derek Taylor was running Warner's right. over here and trying to help Mike get the the record that he the hit that he really wanted, but it just didn't happen. What was the single from that album? Leave it. Oh right, leave the it. The first one. Yes. Yeah, there were because yeah. there were two or three, I think. Simply love you. I think was another one. Oh. God, mm. I mean, it's <laughs> they are good. Yeah, Leave It was a particularly good song. Yes. But nobody wanted I mean, to hear it. Yeah. It's just unfortunate. Even, even in just, the UK, where even Mike... Even in the UK, he was Mike, very big Mike there. had been big in the UK for several years. Because, yeah. And, yeah. And, and, yeah, because of Scaffold. Yeah. But still, it just didn't It just didn't take off. Do you oh, think people man. just realized what was going on and just, you know, if they weren't caring about Paul, were they going to care about his brother? No, Paul was still popular in the UK. I know, but I mean, um, not to the extent of where he was. I, I just don't think it helped elevate the, the, the products in, this, in people's minds. It, did it, it hurt? It, people wouldn't have said, oh, it's Paul's brother, we've got to give it a listen. But did it, it hurt just... that maybe Paul was on it? No, no. No, 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 no definitely No, I don't not. mean musically. I no, mean no, 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 not in, any, wise not in any way. No, okay. no it, it, it must have given it the best shot he could have had, but, but it just... People just I mean, listening. did they, you know, did he not get on top of the pops or something like that? Like he wouldn't that have got on top been, of the pops. Not no, top of the pops or old gray whistle or something. No, you know, definitely who not, no. I mean, that's what I mean. If, if yeah. he'd done that, maybe that would have Well, the 45 the came out, the, the standard form was, it, you know, it would have got airplay. And if it got a lot of airplay and it sold particularly well, then it would then have got on top of the pops. Oh, yeah. and then Interesting. That would have so it up top of the pops didn't ever really help to break singles or push them over the edge. It was always where you went. By that point, 1974, Top of the Pops, you had to be in the charts to be on the show. Uh, okay. Um, so they weren't just playing new releases. Interesting. So if, if you were in the charts and on the way up, you could get in the show. Got they it. never played records on the way down. Right. Oh. And they didn't right. play anything that wasn't in the chart. Break. Interesting. Okay. That is interesting. Anything else? I know. Well, I, I think it's interesting. That's the only time Paul and his brother made a full record it worked a couple of times Paul worked on the scaffold some well, stuff yeah but he also had other interests on woman. is Paul on woman at all mm, no I'm not sure again it comes back in the other show we were talking about why did George do the Dark Horse tour so why is, why is Paul suddenly devoting probably a couple of months yeah. to re recording his brother he hadn't done it before and he never did it again yeah, yeah. At, at least not in such yeah. a concentrated way you know I, I hate to sound so flip about it but maybe because he can yeah. yeah, I mean, maybe that's just the reason. Well, maybe mm. because he was so successful and he still was having a lot of success, that maybe he just wanted to help out. Yeah, and and maybe fulfill I his dream. I think also it had to do with the fact that he had time, and also Band on the Run was going to be a runaway hit. Could it so have also been a composition session? I mean, aren't a number of those songs aren't they McCartney McGear? Yeah, co-compositions. Yeah, sure. So it could have been something as simple as you know. Help me so, finish this song. What you up mm. to today, Mike? Right, yeah. and then you sit down, and all of a sudden it's falling. You know, I got this other idea. Right, and you know and what? We're gelling well together. Yeah. Right, and then and there's we're brothers, an and it's cool. I'll help you because I want right. to. And they recorded that album at Strawberry Studios in Stockport, which is in the north of England in Manchester. So George uh, Paul was living at home in I say home, yeah. Liverpool, right. which hadn't been his home for several years. He was living up there for two, three months, which he hadn't done for since time, since yeah. 1960. Three, wow! Uh, and at that, that was the 10CC studio. So that was really how he got to know Godley and Cream and oh, Eric Stewart. Wow. That was really the first time he ever spent a lot of time with Eric Those Stewart. Those guys. Yeah. Wow. wow. Yeah. Which then cool. went to Danny Lane. Bye bye, Eric Stewart. How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> that took ten years. Talk about. I know it took ten years. Something down. Good lord. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to. Uh, wow. And the Nashville sessions. Right. Should, he goes to Nashville. Yeah. Um, very productive sessions. Yeah, okay. that that was the first time back in America, right? Yeah, so I believe April it was. April 74. Yeah. Yeah. And since he recorded Ram, yeah. as far as I know. In New York, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah. The, the Nashville sessions, I mean, a lot of unreleased, well, now it's released. Those sessions, I mean, obviously yielded some really productive songs. But there's well, I'm gonna Nashville. Junior's Farm, Sally G, mm -hmm. yeah, and Sally. also the, the, um, the, the, his, his dad's song. 
Oh, walking, uh, walking in the park with Eloise. And the great comment, I think it's finally great that I get to cash in on my dad. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a very fun <laughs> He said, Chet Atkins and I recorded that. I think it's fun. I'll finally get to cash in on my dad. I well, think it's yeah. funny. He does one. Sally G, and then he records as the country hams. Yeah. Right. And Sally right. G is a great song. Oh, wonderful song. I mean, song. I love that song. But now you you had mentioned my carnival, though. That's actually New Orleans. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. No, you know okay. what? I'm wrong. Just, it's no, Nashville. No, no. Right. Nashville. Yes. I apologize to everybody. Don't That's write. That's all right. Well, you can write, but I want it. And, and here's a trivia question for you all. Name the, the only Paul. country hit for Paul McCartney on the American charts on Billboard. Sally G. That's right. <laughs> Wait a minute, that was so obvious. <laughs> I know. Wow. What was me obvious what is, for 200. What, what uh, number did it go to? Are you kidding me? Um, Do you know this? Now you don't know this. Uh-huh. Mark, that's it, why we're it, scared it of it. It went to 39. <laughs> it went to 39, you're right. Thank you. Who did you know that? I actually See. didn't know that. <laughs> right. I'm a B-tard. Wow. I'm a Beatle geek. Okay. Come on, Do you, you want to go get a beer and leave these two behind Who was the other Beatle to have a country hit? Yeah. Well, Ringo. Okay. Thank you. 1989. With Buck Owens. Buck Owens, exactly. Sally G became the A-side in the UK, but in order to to give Junior's Farm a little bit more legs, because actually it hadn't done that well, Junior's Farm, I recall, as being the song where, for the first time I ever heard people say, what on earth is that Paul McCartney lyric about? Wow. And quite clearly remember that. I was 16 years old, and... To begin with, I couldn't even make out what the words were. You but when I still. when I actually saw what the words were, you still it doesn't match. I did know what they were about. No, it doesn't I, match. I ran out and bought a Gigi and jumped the fence mm. when I read the lyrics. <laughs> finally, yeah, there was one line in there. He says, um, "Ollie Hardy should yeah, have had, had, more had more sense." And I mm. interviewed Paul once, and I said to him, did, "Were you a fan of Laurel and Hardy?" Because he mentioned Ollie Hardy, and he said, "Yes, he was a big fan." So I, I never knew that. Wow. Funny. But it still makes no it sense. It still makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. And well, it yeah. also has, a, Paul, he talks about, for our side of the ocean, politics. He talks about stoning bit. the president, so yeah, to speak. And it was yeah. about the time when Nixon is uh, about to leave. Well, That's yeah, but on the basis that the, the whole of the rest of the song makes yeah, no sense at all. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, well, you know. When you take it in context, <laughs> well, it's still sort of, what did, the hell is that guy going it on about? It came out later, but when he was recording, it was about Nixon was about to go. Well, his uh, new album mentions Ben Turpin. So we're, we're okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Just in time. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, thank you. So anything else with Paul, though? Because he releases a bunch of singles, and then at the end of the year, Only You comes out from Ringo, and Number Nine Dream comes out, which, uh, again, I think Number Nine Dream is a little overproduced, but very good. Oh, it's I don't a, think it's so. a little bit. To me, it's my opinion. You okay. Tell me I'm wrong. Yes, I am. I'm sorry. <laughs> you're, you're wrong. I think Summer Venus and Mars was, was recorded in London in 74. Wasn't was it? it? Towards the end of the See, year. I didn't know I, that. I don't think it was entirely New Orleans. And I, I think Venus and Mars getting back to Paul obviously but I think Venus and Mars again an, a more group effort just like you would with Speed yeah. of Sound I, I actually like that where you get someone other than Paul yes. singing yes oh, yeah. so Definitely. Denny had some great stuff yeah. and really good stuff I think sometimes better than Paul's and even you know uh, the Medicine Jar was really a good strong track strong track, really strong yeah. track. and I think it was you know, I can't say it was great of Paul to let them do it I don't know what the dynamics were behind all that but I think in the end it was strange for a Paul fan to hear other people singing mm. in the beginning but then when you heard the album and you really enjoyed it you yeah. actually enjoyed that stuff even more yeah. than Paul Band on the Run was credited to Paul McCartney and Wings as was Red Rose Speedway but Venus and Mars was Wings Wings mm. that's right yeah. So wasn't Speed of Sound was then Wings? Yes. And I believe Wings Over America was Wings, Wings and now, now they released it as Paul McCartney yeah. Wings. It just right. came out as the reissue. So uh. he was actually thinking more of a band, which I I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. I really did. And when it came to other subsequent albums and he didn't have it, well, you had Denny again. And actually Denny's stuff on London Town is really good too. But I think you missed that diversity because I think Wings became more than just Paul McCartney, mm-hmm. at least in my eyes. Yes. And it started with, with Venus and Mars, yeah. which I think was I a very think strong I think he also album. felt comfortable with having Denny there to be a band, which is what he was trying to shoot for. And well, he, he still was doing that ever since the formation of yeah, Wings with Denny. Yeah. I mean, which, you know, I think he needed someone. I really do. I think he, need, he missed John. 
Well, I really do. That's my own opinion. And, and, I, and since Denny, Denny sounds a, like John. Yeah, but, and also especially I would think, too, since Denny was also a mate from way back. Back then. Yeah. I think that helped. Comfort too. zone. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, so without I mean, Paul had, um, it was a good year for Paul. Yeah. And it really was a good year for all of them except maybe George. Think about it. I mean, George yeah. had the bummer of the year of 74. But other than that, they weren't. But, but he, we'll was, have to, he was probably the busiest. Though. We'll have to wait for Mark's book, though, to get the whole story. <laughs> yes, <up>. the 1974 <laughs> book, which you <laughs> sign the petition online now. Yeah. Start go it to, now. Go to our page. Think but about the pre-sale you'd have right away. <laughs> right our now. Fan three you have three. <laughs> three right here. Time out. Four. Boy, I'm, four. Trying to, I'm trying to push the listenership, folks. My goodness. Well, we have more than three listeners. So I meant I us. Say, right, say. All uh, nine of the listeners. Well, 29. 29. That's all right. We had two, even though we don't have them. Right, but go. we have to get to the end of the year because the end of the year actually turns out to be a little bit sad. And there's a great picture in May Pang's book mm-hmm. of John Lennon signing what turns out to be, in Disney World, ironically, the happiest uh-huh. place on earth, according to Walt Disney. But he's signing what are the dissolution papers of the Beatles partnership. Yeah. And it's funny because in a year when all of them had some success – you know, even George had success. Uh, he still got some good reviews from the tour, not a lot, but they all had their own success, and there was a lot of reunion talk. Right. And there they are. You know, there's John being the last one to sign the, the absolute. But truth be told, I think that was the final, the final barrier. I think going for away. them to maybe get when together you put later. It in perspective. Yeah, well, I think that was you know. Well, it was coinciding with a year later their EMI contract was expiring, right. January '76. Yeah, they knew right. that 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 was that was quite clear in their minds. It was nine years from '67. They knew it was expiring. You talked about it being a sad thing, and obviously I know why you would say right. it, being a Beatle fan. But actually, I think to the four of them, it was probably a huge the, relief. Oh my God, that yoke, just yeah. Being yeah, lift, because it off. That's, they that's want they wanted their freedom, and yet they'd been inextricably tied. All their money had been going into this pot, this collective pot. Right. They couldn't actually get their own money out of it. So this were, and, yeah. and they'd been working towards this for what two, three years yeah, by this right. point. That's actually to a good untangle point. their affairs. So to, I, to the fan, it was said. Even, even yeah. though the fan really didn't know about this, because didn't the, understand the casual, what, well, the yeah. casual fan, nineteen seventy is when it hit. Yeah, it, you're it, right. It was purely a, a legal document, but it was a very necessary one because their affairs were so so tied together, and they needed to be untied. Yeah. And watching yeah. that clip in in Living oh, in the Material World, was where, where you just see the two of them, and, and well, they, they showed going, George first. I don't know what I'm signing. Well, well, but first they showed George wow. alone, yeah. and you say, "Great!" And all of a sudden they the pan over, and there's McCartney, Paul, and, and you never would have guessed Paul not was standing next to George. Years. And Paul looks like okay, and George looks unhappy, no, but Paul, not look, happy Paul to looks sign. uncomfortable to me. Yeah, a little bit. This moment is being filmed, and and George is coming. I mean. The way you just said that was a fairly jolly voice. There's nothing jolly no. about no, what that's true. he's saying. It. That's true. And he's he looks, actually saying it because he's been through three or more years of hell with lawyers and, and the because and don't and get, Davids and, right. and, and, and all sorts of documents that they've had to sign and interview, legal interviews they've had to do. Not to mention the fact that he's still embroiled in the My Sweet lawsuit no. as well. well. No, didn't that really didn't go until later. 76, that yeah. started. Yeah. That started well, in but 76? No, no, no. no. It, it, no it, it, had been, but that it had been was, looming yeah. over right, from looming, yeah. Well, that's yeah. true. Right, it was hanging over their heads. Right, right. right. Yeah. Right. But I, I think it... It was an astonishing thing. First of all, I never knew that bit was filmed. Obviously, we never knew Paul was there. But also just to see that even when he's signing the document that will untangle them, George is saying, I still don't know, understand what I'm signing here. And I just feel for the guy because he's been bogged down in all this legal stuff for for more years than he could possibly have wished to happen. And this is the document that's supposed to be untangling it, and he's still unclear about whether it's going to do that and right. will it will it actually cause some other problem down the line right so it's a tremendous right. moment and, and yeah, john was is. the last one actually to sign it like said, in disney world wasn't he supposed yeah. to have signed it and then he yeah. sent the balloon yes yeah. listen to this balloon or something like that and yeah. that's when george said I'll, I'll split his head open let him come over here with the balloon or yeah. whatever it was yeah well and, and well, because you know george wanted it to end of course they all of course did. and, and it then was like he was uh, stolen it had was been incredibly stolen? bitter to yeah. get to that point yeah. Yeah. because they you know the, there were all these companies that they had a quarter share of yeah and it was very very hard to untangle that 
especially knowing that you've had these successes as an individual now at this point, mm. and as you were saying earlier, and the money is just being funneled into this. Mm. And the tax ramifications as well. Oh, Lord God. And the lawyers didn't even got go rich. there. Yeah. Right. Lawyers definitely got rich on oh, yeah. all this. Yeah. So that was a stupendous way for the material world film to open. I yeah. Mean, yeah. The moment I saw that, I we was all just we all gasped. I get. We, wow. I was with you. We, we, Mitch, we, I was we like, just, <gasps> we like, yeah. We're watching what it. What the in, hell is in, this? Because first of all, George is signing something. You don't know quite know what. And when the camera pulls back and Paul is there, you think, Oh my God, this is the end of the Beatles. This right. is They're signing the end of the and Beatles. They, and, and then it's being filmed. And then what's even stranger still is, the document itself goes the length. Well, there's stacks. As I recall. And, oh. stacks and they're just yeah. signing away and, every, and, and moving you, on like a belt. It's almost belt like they were yeah. signing autographs for uh, something. You're just going, oh my well, God. Paul's grandfather, really. Yeah. Seriously, it's like, oh, you take this one, you take this yeah. one. It's amazing. And they're signing some really serious stuff. <clears throat> and they, but, yeah. they had to do it. I mean, they had to get out of that the whole thing. And basically, then if they were going to get together, they would do it after that. Right, right. So I have a question, Rob. Yes. Because you always do the Colombo bit. Well, we, we've we, now covered 19. Wait, let me let me okay. finish. Let me let me actually do the end so you can come back and say just one more thing. One more thing. Okay, we've actually covered all of 1974. Have I we? think we've covered most. That's of it. it. That's all we That's have. All to say. we have. That's all there was ever actually, in the life of the Beatles. That would be really Beatles. fun if Mark says just one more thing. <laughs> now that would actually. Be I'm sure Rob, he's got is there? I mean, well, there's a couple. Colombo. First of all, um, Paul filmed but never released something called the Backyard as. Part of his. It was just right? grass growing. Yeah, it, but it's, you know, some music <laughs> stuff. That's never a great released. Film. Uh, it was shot on three quarter umatic tape of all things. Wow. Why would you shoot on that? I don't know. Uh, Is but that the other the new that video. Was the thing at the time. I know that, but still, right. you know. You're talking about 2013. Know, You're actually talking about 1977. I know. Uh, the other thing we didn't mention, and it's interesting. I think we talked about it before, but we didn't get to it. There's a KHJ interview with George Harrison and John right. Lennon. The only time. That two Beatles were interviewed after 19. But it was actually a George interview. It was which supposed John to be George, was there. which and John joined him. Yes, and um, there's also the, the one of um, George and Ringo on. Oh, that's right. The, that's right. Well, that's in the Living the Material World. That is whatever. Living. Yeah, that's and, yes. And that's someone, an interesting. Someone was a little alcoholic that night. Well, yeah, Ringo right, was definitely a little. Still a good that, interview, though. <laughs> it was a fun interview. Yeah, yeah. So, but a little uncomfortable for George. It looked like. Do you think so? Well, when he said he sued me and stuff and. Yeah. I love the fact that he could say that. I know. Though. Well, it's his, it's his brother. It's his I mean, brother. It's his brother. He could mm. say whatever. I said that to my yeah. brother. He'd beat me up. But <laughs> no, but I mean, I understand why he could say it. And it but yeah, we have John and George together briefly yeah. on Very briefly. December 74. So that's, yeah. that's, that's a Late in the thing. year. I mean, yeah. and you don't get that. You, didn't, you right. never had George and, and mm. Paul together briefly. Right. <laughs> right. Un unless that clip that we just talked about, really. And they weren't talking. Could you have just seen that interview? George would say, oh, you know, I'll say whatever you want me to say. <laughs> or or I, I won't say, say anything <laughs> at all. <laughs> George, this was your interview. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> whatever it is. <laughs> to please, please you. <laughs> Thank you. We use that all too often, oh, by okay. the way. So have we missed anything I, I else? I can't think of anything else. I mean, That's good, because we've actually singles. talked enough minutes of each day. I, I, I think I think we've talked 365 minutes. I think so. I so think we've so. covered a minute, and, and now everybody's stomach is growling. So <laughs> on that happy note... Uh, we didn't we, ask Mark if he was anything else. Anything else, Mark? I can't think. I'm desperately racking my brain to think <laughs> if, if I could cut no, in with something, would just be perfect. No, that was 1981. Racking my brain, yes. <laughs> um, I can't think of anything. Good. <laughs> <laughs> that was 81. Because beer is calling all of us now. I'm sorry. Did I say that? No, actually, We're allowed to no, say we, that. No, we've actually pretty much covered 1974, and we are really happy that we had you here with us, Mark. You Absolutely. brought up some incredible points yeah. that we He's certainly wouldn't have brought up. I can speak for Tony and Rob. They wouldn't have brought them up. No. I might have. But, no. Uh, but no. I, I'm very happy that you did. I don't know if that's Thank true you. there, Tony. I don't, yeah. No, that's not true at all, because I certainly wouldn't have. But everybody's now going to be going, why did George tour? That's so true. there's your rhetorical question of the day, and if you want to... Write Respond to Mark. To us. Right. Tell us, and we'll send all the mail to Mark. Yes. And For uh, everything to Mark we get from everything. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Even Fine. the hate stuff, which we, he's not going to get. 1974. But the, pe the petition to the, for the George book will be on our website. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> oh, you kidding. know what? There is one more thing. We'll uh -oh. Oh, right. yeah. Now he's Peter Falk with Colombo. <laughs> Thank you. You've taken over my job. Well, the Thank whole you. of 1974, John is still about to be kicked out of America. That's oh, right. yes, but that's yeah. looming over him. But in 76, right. he gets his green card. Well, he yeah. does, but through 74, it's still very much very on the, much, yeah, You know, if, if he left, he couldn't have got back in. And uh, we in England were still waiting for him to come home. And we right. were not wanting him to go back. Yeah. We yeah. really, we, 
there was a fear. That's right. There was a we fear he left. Him, yeah, he would never come back. Right. Wouldn't be able to. And mm-hmm. honestly, we wanted him here. Yeah. We just liked the fact that he can be whoever he was, and mm-hmm. New Yorkers are pretty cool about that. Mm-hmm. And he even said that many times. And we wanted him to stay. Yeah. yeah. You know? But we were organizing petitions. Really? Yeah, 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 trying to get him a royal pardon. Well, Tony Prince on Radio Luxembourg. Really? The DJ on Luxembourg. He was trying to get a petition to get the Queen to grant him some pardon for the 1968 court bust, which yeah. we you know, know was, at, was at the root, we thought, of the problem. We didn't actually yet know the political element. To right. That's true, That's right? True. You didn't know the wiretapping no, and no. the uh, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, John yeah. had talked about it, but no one believed him. Mm. Well, that what? was the other thing. Yeah, Everybody what? thought he was just insecure, John. But yeah. you know, we yeah. find out later. Too. Anyway, I have nothing else to say. That is nothing. It. No, there it. is. There is. I'm just trying to find. There's a good line. He says uh, it, it was in NME, an interview with uh, Andrew Tyler, and he said, "I was thinking of writing to the Queen." John jokingly remarks, "I hope she reads the NME." <laughs> I was after a pardon for being planted by the cops, which is it's incredibly true, though. Mm. He had basis to get it dismissed. Yeah. And uh, being hassled for three years and everything that happened. That so-called bust left me with a criminal record. That's the legal reason they're trying to throw me out. If that was taken away, there'd be nothing they could do. So truth be told, it's true. That would have at least undone their leg to stand on. Yeah. But the funny then they would have had to have come out with the whole wiretapping thing. The truer thing. reason. Yeah, right, the, the truer, truer reason. reason. So right. that would have been really interesting. Yeah. Mm. So. Yeah, it was either in 74 or 5, I'm not quite sure, but the man who busted John, Norman Pilcher, Pilcher yep. yeah. that he was yeah. dismissed from the police. Yeah. And, and found and out found, to be. Yeah. And yeah. found guilty of, of planting yeah. evidence on people Everywhere. and sent to prison <laughs> himself. Wow. Well, yeah. Yogi squealed on him, actually. <laughs> right. I'm sorry, Yogi the was dog. the dog. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Well, I'm telling the listeners. I think you were talking about Yogi Bear and Yogi Bear, you know. Yeah. The, the yeah. cartoon character. Yogi said on. that Pilcher made a boo boo. Oh. There you go. Yeah, you. Oh, on that really bad note. Oh my God. I am going to end this very, very long year, or it seemed like a year that we've been recording this. <laughs> for Fab Four Free For All, I have been your moderator for today, Mitch Axelrod. I have been joined by Rob Leonard and Tony Chirono. And we have also been joined by Mr. Mark Lewison, and we are really pleased Mark that doesn't you get did. to say goodbye. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, wait. Shh. Mark Lewison. Oh, there goodbye. you go. We'll, we'll cut that in. No. No, seriously, we are really very happy that you Absolutely. joined us. Absolutely. This too. has been a, a pleasure. We've been planning this for a while. Yeah. And we paid for your trip over here. No. <laughs> Just kidding. You didn't know that. So that yeah, was a surprise. Yeah, I getting, getting the, getting the check. No, but yeah. we're really, we're happy. And we look forward to the volumes you're coming out with. And we really do look forward to interviewing you about those, you know, in, in the yeah. later year. Yeah. Great. In, in this in we promise we'll, we'll make fun. the car ride much shorter on the way here. <sighs> yes. Right. We'll let our listeners know that <laughs> Mark we'll on came a here after having had to have been, uh, and Rob, thank you for driving, but a 14-hour car trip from <laughs> just from the 40 miles from New York it, it City. And enduring long. Rob for that it, long. It, it, we it don't endure Rob for two minutes hours. five to get into the city. It took two and a half hours to get home. Mm. And if you're from New York or Long Island, you know what we're talking about. Mm. And now no one's going to come here. <laughs> right. So on that happy note, thank you. don't come to New York. No, well, thank we you very much, Mark. In one blow. Yeah, and we will, uh, if you if you want to comment on this show or any other show, you know where to find us. We've told you many times, Facebook and everywhere else. And seriously, if they do write to us, can we pass them along yes, to you? Yes, you can. Uh, sure. We will. So he's been gracious enough to do that and accept some mail and email. So please do, because I'm sure he would love to hear from you. And on that note, we are going to say goodbye. Until next time, take care. Fab Four Free For All was edited and produced by Tony Chiguardo at Word of Mouth Studios in Westbury, New York. The opening and closing theme is My Dolly by the band The Badge, featuring longtime listener Jeff Slate, available on its debut album Digital Retro and recent Best Of compilation, as well as from the Fab Four Free For All website. Thanks for listening to Fab Four Free For All. Now me off, there is evil, and I know it's so deep. Now me off, there is evil, and I know it's so deep. Now me off, there is evil, and I know it's so deep. Now me off, there is evil, and I know it's so deep.